the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Who are your Peter, James, and John? Who? Yeah, your Peter, James, and John. Who are they? Well, they are these three guys that we oftentimes hear about in the Bible that were, as the young people would say, trekking with Jesus. Now, that doesn't mean like mountainous trekking. That means like when they would sit down and have conversations, they understood him. They could relate to him. They didn't have to explain themselves. They followed what he was doing most times, most times. Give them some credit. Uh, You know, they were human. What does that mean? They didn't always get it. They didn't always understand, especially Peter. He always had a question or two. So what does that mean for anybody like me? (laughs) I had to realize that at this point in my life, remember when you were little and you had your best friends and your buddies and the people you hung out with? The older you get, you really don't have as many Your circle actually does reduce over time. They say it's true. People have a tendency to get married, especially, and lose all of their friends. And then they get divorced, let's say. We hope not, but let's say they do. And they look up and they don't have any friends. Why? Because their life revolved around their spouse. Rightfully so. We're Christians. That's what we do. Marriage was created by God for his children. So, Divorce, though, that came with sin. It was a package deal. So people get divorced and they look up and they don't have any friends. So they have to start all over again, go find some new friends, and basically reestablish their Peter, James, and John. Who are your Peter, James, and John? Whether you're married, single, it doesn't matter. Do you have a Peter, James, and John? Okay, Lorraine, what are you talking about? Well, think about it. On carrying the burden... I've had so many people interpret what this show means to them and how it means to them. And I had to learn a while ago. Thanks, Chad. I can't put this show into one box category. It actually services so many different types of people's needs. The purpose of Peter, James, and John? Well, you study the Bible. You read about them and get back with me. Connect at LorraineCarroll.com. Why? Because Peter, James, and John had some serious significance to who? Jesus. Yeah, to Jesus. Yeah. He was the one that actually would take them with him. Peter, James, and John. You'll find them throughout the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So some people get it all confused. I was talking to that lady this week. And she asked me some questions, and I could tell she didn't want to be embarrassed because some people are intimidated by your Christianity, people. If you speak fluent Spanish or fluent Mandarin, yeah, fluent Swahili even, uh, and then you speak around someone else that does not, and then people instantly think, what, oh, they're talking about me. Why do people resort to that? <laughs> we do that a lot here in California. 
Anyway, so the thing is, people are not necessarily talking about you. They're speaking in a language that you don't understand. That's what happened with Peter, James, and John. Jesus didn't have a lot of time to explain things. He had work to do. He was busy. He knew he was on a limited time schedule. I don't know about you, but I have people in my life that I have to spend a limited amount of time with because why? As a caregiver, my time is pretty much consumed for the most part. (laughs) I can't always dictate or determine. So, you know, I have to just give way and segue and say, hey, I got to go. So people don't always understand that. When you're a caregiver, you can't dedicate a certain amount of time. People like commitments. That's why we were talking about marriage. So sometimes when you're married, after you say, I do, people want you to be committed to them only. So they become consumed by the other person. Now, that's how it ends up in divorce. Oftentimes, the other person isn't as consumed. And then the other person gets a little, let's say, envious and then maybe even jealous and It creates a lot of arguments, problems down the line. What does that have to do with Peter, James, and John again? Well, you have to look at life for yourself. I said, who are your Peter, James, and John? Now, are these your friends? Well, I would hope so. So the first thing is, do you even have a Peter, James, and John in your life? And if you don't, ask yourself, why don't I? And then furthermore, Find out why you need them. First of all, go to the Bible. Like I said, when you look at the Bible, some people get the Gospels mixed up with Peter, James, John, Andrew, Bartholomew. Oh, those 12 disciples. Right. All four of the Gospels were not written by four disciples of the 12 that Jesus chose. Now, if you're listening on podcast, rewind, take notes. If you heard this live in your car, hey, go online. You can find this show on kprz.com. It's called Carrying the Burden. Go back, listen to what I said. For some reason, people that have been in church all of their lives are still convinced that Matthew, Mark, John, Luke, they were 12 disciples, right? Wrong. So back to the Peter, James, and John. These were the guys you heard of most because Jesus would take them with him, oftentimes. Sometimes in intimate spaces, sometimes in grandiose spaces. It depended on the work that he needed to do. So what does that mean? Jesus had work to do. He already knew the work he had to do. They didn't, but he did. He was also on a limited time schedule. Does that sound like somebody you know, caregiver? I know it sounds like my life every day. It doesn't matter if I make a to-do list. I appreciate all of you concerned people, the sweet suggestions. And as I often tell people, do you want to come do it? Because remember, everyone's caregiving situation is different. Have some compassion. Remember, compassion is rooted in the idea of suffering with someone. Ooh, yeah. So unless you want to come and actually put your hand to the plow, as the old country farmers used to say, um, I appreciate your suggestions. I would rather have your prayers. In the meantime, I am looking at life 
one day at a time. Tomorrow's not promised. I'm not guaranteed tomorrow. Stay in the day. I had to learn that as a caregiver. Now, don't get me wrong. I've already put up the March schedule, the April schedule. Yes, I have because I have to hope. I have to keep hope alive. That's what keeps me going because I live by faith. Remember, faith is the basis of what you hope for. So I always tell people going to church and all of the Jesus stuff, mm, it doesn't mean anything as much to him as much as it should mean to you. He already came, paid the price, gave you the opportunity for the eternal life for which we all hope. I had a preacher say it to me this way. It was great wisdom. Why live this life with the unassurance? I said, oh, I get it. There's an old hymn called Blessed Assurance. That particular song, it helped me to see life differently. It gave me confidence in this faith I have in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of my life. Everybody that goes to church is not, as they say, saved. What is that? What I just said, not going to hell, right? That's what I just said. That's all it means, saved from eternal damnation. It's just slang, saved, right. Caregivers, you have to save yourself, not necessarily. Here's the thing, caregivers, when you read your Bible, you actually get the instructions that you'll need for the day. Yes, we have our calendars. We can project out time. We can look down the line. We can see what we have going on. However, the best thing you can do as a caregiver is stay in the day. Don't let people drag you into next week with their problems, their issues, their pettiness. Pettiness, right. Some people worry about things that you shouldn't be worrying about at all, caregivers. Why? Because it's their issue, not yours. Let them work out their own soul salvation with fear and trembling is what the Bible says. Um, Yeah, it does say that. It says work out your own. So if you join in with their chaos, with their preoccupation, their concerns for next week, uh, you're kind of doing it the wrong way. Go back to your Bible. Remember, the B stands for basic, the I for instructions before leaving earth. Right. Use it. Do you realize how many people use GPS more than they use the Bible? (gasps) Wait, did you just say that people use GPS more than they use the Bible? Pretty much. There are people that get on the road. They don't know where they're going. So they do whatever it takes to find where they need to go by typing in a name. Maybe they have an address, maybe an area. They just want some basic directions to get to the general area. Here in San Diego, we have these quaint, beautiful towns. They're little gold mines. That's what I call them. But if you don't know them by name, well, how are you supposed to find them? We have this awesome thing called technology. So you could even do east, north, north, west, somewhere in there. It's over there somewhere. Because I tell everybody, when you come out here, if you go too far west, you're going to be meeting Shamu and his cousins. Yeah. The ocean. Yeah, it's right there. So in the meantime, when you look at your Bible, You should have a plan at least to go somewhere. You're trying to get from here to there. Let the Bible give you not only the directions, but the instructions. See, directions and instructions are two different things. Have you ever baked a cake? That was the first thing I got to officially cook in the kitchen with my mom's guidance, of course. I was a blessed and privileged child. My mom said, okay, here's your Betty Crocker cake 
cake mix. Follow the directions. I was nine. She was like, you can read, right? And I looked at her because I was afraid. Like, I don't know how to bake a cake. She said, as long as you can read, you can cook. I didn't get that until later. But I understood the principle. So I learned that some people don't know how to read, but they know how to cook. That fascinated me. I was that kid. So I had to figure out what is it. Two things. One, when you know how to read, take advantage of instructions that are already provided. Directions, instructions. Read them like the Bible. If you don't know how to read, there's no excuse. You can have just what's called a go-for-it experience. Absolutely. Just do it. That is a multi-billion dollar slogan. Anyway, try it. Go for it. Make it make sense, right? That's what we talked about before. So get into it and see if it works for you, how it works for you. Will it work for you? Will what work? Trying to do what the Bible says. It works, but it only works by your faith. This is why Jesus only took Peter, James, and John, in my opinion. Out of all of the stories that I've read in the Bible about Peter, James, and John, Matthew 17 is the one that really sticks out to me. Now, depending on which of those Gospels you want to read, you will find Jesus taking with him somewhere Peter, James, and John. You have to look at your life and realize that there are some places you shouldn't go alone. Don't go by yourself. Matthew 17 and 1 clearly says after six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John. Now, they made the distinction because there were a lot of Johns in the Bible. Do you realize that's one of the most popular names internationally? Yes, John. So Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John. John, the brother of James, that is, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. Sometimes you need to get with your Peter, James, and John. But Lorraine, you said um, this is for people that have friends. I don't have friends. And you were talking about the divorcees, and I'm recently divorced. And Right. So if you're recently divorced or you don't have any friends, first of all, the Bible says if you don't have friends, that's your fault. yes, that was the big sigh for the people that I know that don't want to make friends. Well, the Bible doesn't say that you have to make friends. It just said to be friendly. An old wise lady, thank you, Mother Maxine, said that she just smiles at the people that don't smile at her. She offers them a smile. Now, that's an old school tendency so much that it has become an entire marketing campaign. Smile first at someone else. And then they'll smile like that's psychologically effective. Sure. What do you do? Smile to someone else to get them to smile? No, it's about your motive. If they don't smile back at you, it's okay. If your intention is to try to make someone do something, you're already going about it wrong. Let your heart's contention be smile. Hey, that's what I'm doing. And it may affect the other person. But if it doesn't, your motives were pure, right? You had a smile, and if they need it, they'll glean from it, whether they tell you or not. Now, what does that have to do with making friends? Okay, so first of all, have you thought about maybe you don't have any friends because you look unapproachable? Some people just look mean. My late grandfather was like that. However, he had many friends. Why? Because he often smiled. So it works both ways, but you have to figure out 
where you are in your heart in order to allow someone to see your smile. If there's love in your heart, it's much easier to smile. If your heart, let's just say, is impure, it's probably harder to smile. So, Lorraine, how am I supposed to get my heart pure? Well, first of all, tell somebody I'm not right. Man, I've got a grudge. You know what? I haven't been living to the best of my ability. I've been really mean. Uh, Who do you tell? Jesus. Because, like, remember, we're talking about people that don't have friends here. They're not friendly yet, so you can talk to the Lord. There's an old song that says, he's my friend. Many of the old hymns talk about Jesus being a friend. So one of the largest, most, let's say, consuming songs that we've all heard is what a friend we have in Jesus. But if you don't allow Jesus to be your friend, you'll never know that he can be your friend. It's possible. How do you make Jesus your friend? Well, first of all, you tell him, can you be my friend? That's a question, sure. But it's more of a statement to the Lord because he can be anything. He can be all things. He can do all things. However, you have to make your request known to the Lord. Asking the Lord to be your friend? Yes, that's a request. It's a prayer. How else will you know what friendship feels like unless you invite him in? When you invite him in, you're getting double. He always brings more than what you need. That's the best part about Jesus. So you'll get a friend and then you'll probably actually see some physical friends. Notice what Jesus would do. He would bring with him, take with him, Peter, James, John. He didn't always go by himself. So he would bring friends along. Usually, once you have a friend, they have friends too. Usually. And then you might get to meet them. And now what does this do for you? It creates friendship opportunities. Some people don't know how to maintain a sustained friendship. I've learned that over the years. The number one failure for friendships is what? The lack of communication. When you don't communicate with honesty, with purity, with humility, integrity, usually that friendship is going to dissolve. Talk to people you know. You guys used to be best friends. What happened? And the story will allude to any of those four that I just mentioned. Friendships usually dissolve because of two reasons. One, (laughs) the one person just didn't want to be friends anymore. It's real simple. And the second reason, selfishness. That's what it comes down to. So when we look at Jesus bringing with him, taking with him, Peter, James, and John, we have to ask, now, why did he take those three? I know I asked many days, why those three? The two sons of thunder, right? And Peter, that feisty, fighting, bad attitude having Peter. Yes, he was close with Jesus. Why? Because Peter was also full of compassion. How do we know this? Because he was with Jesus, one, a lot. And even remember when he denied Jesus, what did he do? Basically, go go read it for yourself. It's in the Bible. Go read it. What did, what did Peter do? Because remember, he had to be invited back into the fold. He thought he ruined the relationship. He thought he ruined the friendship. Because remember, he turned on Jesus. After all of those years, all of that time of being close, Peter turned on Jesus. But Jesus said, hey, I want Peter here. Where's Peter at? At one of the most beautiful times in his life. 
So regardless of what's going on in your world today, as a caregiver, you need your Peter, James, and John. So Lorraine, you've told me I need to go make friends. I'm not good at making friends. Well, pray. I told you to ask the Lord for friends. I also told you that the Bible says that the person that has friends has to show themselves friendly. Now, if you're not good at smiling, you don't have teeth, all the excuses, fine. Do something nice for someone else besides the person for whom you care. A lot of times people don't realize that they are sowing seeds into the lives of other people. What does that mean? Well, you're sowing seeds by doing nice things, maybe volunteering. Sure. You don't have to know everyone that you give to or share with, sacrifice for, right? But time is not money. Remember that. So think about your life. Where are you spending your time? Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John. These three guys spent a lot of time with Jesus. Of the 12 disciples, I would venture to say, based on the Bible readings I read, they probably spent the most time with Jesus. Find three people in your life to help you spend time with the Lord. If you don't have those people, pray and say, Lord, I need some people to help me, help myself so that I can spend more time with you. Are you following all that? Because caregivers, you don't have to live this life alone. It doesn't seem like anybody cares some days. It seems like nobody calls anymore. That can be depressing for a caregiver. It seems like at your worst of times, you're left alone. Remember, the Lord doesn't forsake us. Always remember, if you wake up in a new day, even if it's the same day, because I know for me, sometimes I don't go to bed till 3 a.m. and then I wake up four hours later, it's the same day. But it's still a new day because it's the day that the Lord has made. I have an obligation to rejoice and to be glad in that day. So before the next day occurs, I've got those two obligations to meet. So the first thing I've got to do is say, hey, Lord, you know what? I'm going to find a way to rejoice. And I think about yesterday and how I just made it. That's enough for me. It doesn't take much for me, Lorraine. For you, hey, you might need to make a list. Whatever it takes, find a way to rejoice and then be glad. Now, a lot of times people forget Glad is oftentimes associated with happy. We've talked about being happy on this show, but one thing I do want you to remember that being glad in the day, it's not just about you being glad in the day, but it's about you also being glad for the day, right? Because being glad that you got to be alive, yeah, that's something to celebrate. Remember, have that feeling of gladness, of joy, of pleasure, Hey, I survived yesterday. Woo, I'm glad I made it. And wow, woo. Yes, and commend yourself and then thank the Lord. It doesn't matter what's going on in your world, caregivers. Even if you haven't gotten your Peter, James, and John yet, the Lord showed me this. You have a comforter. Remember when Jesus was in the earth, he oftentimes talked about the comforter that he would leave after he left the earth. We have that comforter. Remember, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. I didn't find it coincidental when I had that revelation that while Jesus was on the earth in our presence, right? That's what the Peter, James, and John and all the other disciples were saying. Lord, we don't want you to leave. He said, but I'm going to leave you. 
a comforter. In their presence, he was everything they needed. But when he left, he left them the Holy Spirit, right? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, all three in one. So even after Jesus left them, he left them comforted with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We call that the Trinity. Three, Peter, James, and John. Eh, no, I don't find that coincidental. The Lord is intentional. You've been listening to Carrying the Burden with me, Lorraine Carroll, right here on KPRZ.com. Oh, yeah, because, yes, this is a live radio show. So for those of you that are listening live, driving in your car, doing the yard work, well, some of us are cleaning up mud in San Diego because why? We've had some really bad weather, unexpected, that we didn't expect, neither did we plan for. And as caregivers, that's what we have to remember. Let this time be a time of compassion for those that have had great losses, those that have suffered, those that are without. If you haven't found anywhere to donate, if you haven't found anywhere to share your time, if you haven't found anybody to talk to and encourage because of their losses, don't just look at the people on the news and say, oh, that's so sad. At least pray, even if you don't get out of your house. That's for caregivers who might not have time to go and do and buy and give, but even for the recipients of care. If you're listening today, you're bedridden, you can't walk anymore, you can't go to the bank, you can't make those phone calls, you can pray. Remember, some of the best caring and caregiving you can give to others is a simple prayer. So remember, right here in sunny San Diego, where it's been very rainy and floody San Diego, we still need Jesus no matter what. Again, this is carrying the burden. We don't carry our burdens. We take them to the Lord. He cares for us, and he cares about those burdens too. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.